You're listening to the Fellowship Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. Fellowship Baptist Church is located in Clark Lake, Michigan. Today we have a special message in store for you. Now let's prepare our hearts as Pastor White brings forth God's truth from his word today. May we never forget those faithful men and women who gave their lives that we could enjoy the liberties and freedoms that we have today here in America. Take your Bible with me this morning and turn to Joshua chapter 4. Memorial Day, what a wonderful patriotic event that is there to cause us to pause and to remember. We are a very forgetful people. And if you would just take time to look up the word remember in the Bible, you would find that it's mentioned over and over and over again. God is always calling upon us to remember. Ben this morning in his Sunday school lesson has already been mentioned, did a great job. A lot of the things he said I was going to say, I always get upset with him when he stands up there. <laughs> it's, it's like somehow he knows what I'm going to preach on. I don't know how you do that. And then he steals from me what I'm going to say. But I'll tell you what, it breaks my heart to see the liberal left today doing everything they can do to destroy our history as a nation. To tear down our monuments that are there for us to remember. We need to remember. And we must never forget. Joshua chapter 4. Follow along as I read verse 1 through verse 7 and then I'm going to jump down to verse 20 through the end of the chapter. And it came to pass, when all the people were clean passed over Jordan, that the Lord spake unto Joshua, saying, Take you twelve men out of the people, out of every tribe a man, and command them, saying, Take you hence out of the midst of Jordan, out of the place where the priest's feet stood firm, twelve stones." And ye shall carry them over with you and leave them in the lodging place where ye shall lodge this night. Then Joshua called the twelve men whom he had prepared for the children of Israel out of every tribe a man. And Joshua said unto them, Pass over before the ark of the Lord your God into the midst of Jordan and take you up every man of you a stone upon his shoulder according unto the number of the tribes of the children of Israel. That this may be a sign among you that when your children, your children ask their fathers in time to come saying, what mean ye by these stones? Then ye shall answer them that the waters of the Jordan were cut off before the ark of the covenant of the Lord when it passed over Jordan, and the waters of the Jordan were cut off, and these stones shall be a what, church? Memorial unto the children of Israel forever. May they never forget. Verse 20. And these twelve stones which they took out of the Jordan, did Joshua pitch in Gilgal. And he spake unto the children of Israel, saying, When your children shall ask their fathers in time to come, saying, What mean these stones? 
Then ye shall let your children know, saying, Israel came over the Jordan on dry land, for the Lord our God dried up the waters of the Jordan before you until ye were passed over, as the Lord your God did to the Red Sea, which he dried up from before us until we were gone over, that all the people of the earth may know the hand of the Lord that it is mighty, and that ye fear the Lord your God forever. All God's people said, Amen. Amen. Let's pray, shall we? Our Heavenly Father, as we come before you this morning, I pray that you'd use this passage of Scripture, these memorial stones that caused Israel to reflect and remember the great deliverance that they had out of Egypt and then passing over the Jordan into the Promised Land that they would never, ever forget what you had done for them. Father, may we never forget the price that has been paid. Bless the service this morning. May you be honored and glorified above all. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You know, the Bible says we should give honor to whom honor is due. Those who have given their life for this country and for us, for us, need to be honored today and tomorrow. And they should never, ever be forgotten in the sacrifice that they have paid. Being a soldier is a great honor. And we had those who have served in the military, we had them stand. And, and I don't know about you, when our men here in the church stood, there was something happened in my heart. A tear swelled up in my eye and we all clapped for them because we appreciate them. When we find that someone has served our country, we, we always thank them for their service. What a privilege. But do you know that the Bible says that we all have the privilege to be soldiers? Not for this nation, but soldiers for the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. May we be good soldiers of Jesus Christ. Let me give you a little bit of history concerning Memorial Day. The first observance was at Waterloo on May 5th in 1866. This observance was to honor Union soldiers killed during the Civil War. Major General John Logan, two years later, on May 30th, 1868, gave special honor to Union soldiers and gave it the name that we know today, Memorial Day. Memorial Day, however, did not become a national holiday as we celebrate it today until 1971 by an act of Congress. Some southern states still do not celebrate Memorial Day because of its origin to honor Union soldiers. Such states are Mississippi, Georgia, North Carolina, South Carolina, Virginia, Louisiana, Tennessee, and Texas. They have their own day where they honor the Confederate soldiers called Confederation Day or Declaration Day. Some of these states, it is called Heroes Day, and some of these states celebrate it at different, different times. That is our 
history. The meaning of memorial means anything that is meant to aid us in our remembrance of a person or an event that has affected our lives. And God is so concerned that we remember individuals and that we remember events that to his own chosen people, he established 32 different memorials that the nation of Israel was to observe. Stop and think about that. 32. As I went through the various memorials that God had given to the nation of Israel, I actually thought, wouldn't that be a great study to do sometime? Probably take me 32 weeks to get it accomplished, but (laughs) that'd be a great study to do on all the memorials that God gave to his people so that they would never forget. As we come into the New Testament, we have a memorial that God has given us where he said, do this in what? Do this in remembrance of me. This is a command that was given to us by our Lord that we would never forget the price he paid on Calvary's cross for the redemption of our soul. Do this in remembrance of me. And yet as I speak to you here this morning, there are some of you here today in this church fellowship that you have not observed the Lord's table for years. And yet it's a clear command given to us by the Lord, that as oft as you do this, you do show the Lord's death till he comes. It's a memorial that we are to observe. How can we even address Memorial Day and the freedoms and liberties that we have without thinking about the spiritual condition of our country at this present time? The battle that every Christian, I believe, should be actively engaged in is seeing our nation once again being restored to its former greatness. What I want you to see this morning is that all of us have a privilege of fighting in the Lord's army. Of being a good soldier and being engaged in a battle, listen to me church, for the souls of men. What more important battle could we be engaged in than warring for the souls of men and where they will spend eternity? Just think about it. Even greater than the freedoms that we have here in America to assemble ourselves together and enjoy this great land of ours. And it's still the greatest nation on the face of the earth without apology. That's why everyone is trying to get here. It's a great place to be. It's unlike any other nation on the face of the earth. And a lot of that is simply because of our heritage that God continues to bless. But our nation is not what it once used to be. And we need a restoration of this nation. And so I want you all to see this morning that we all are to be soldiers of the Lord Jesus and we all are to be engaged in spiritual warfare for the sake not only of our nation but for the sake of individuals within our nation. You know, the Bible calls us a soldier. This is one engaged in military service, one who fights 
for a specific cause. The Bible talks about how we as the soldiers of Jesus Christ are to be engaged in warfare. To carry on hostilities, to engage in battle, to contend, to strive, to be in a state of hostile contention. Then there's the word fight that applies to all of us as soldiers of Jesus. The word means to gain control through struggle, to attempt to defeat, to subdue or destroy in order to gain the victory. Then there's the word wrestle. To struggle in hand-to-hand combat with an opponent in an attempt to overthrow him and force him in subjection to the ground. As I read the definition of the Christian life, that's not how most people view the Christian life. The Bible talks about how the Christian soldier is to strive, to make A great effort to do one's best. Strenuous exertion. Earnest effort. And then there's the word contend. How we as soldiers are to contend. To hold firm to the truth. To strive in debate. Have you noticed lately that again on the liberal left how they're trying to shut down debate? They don't want you to debate. They hate that First Amendment. The freedom of speech. To engage in military service. To carry on hostilities. To gain control through struggle. Hand-to-hand combat. To make a great effort to do one's best. To hold firm to the truth. To strive in debate. That is something that every single one of us no matter what age you are, who know the Lord, you are in the army, like it or not. Don't go AWOL on us. We need every one of you to be a good soldier of the Lord Jesus Christ. Our president has a slogan, and we all know what that slogan is. It's all over the red and white hats and He mentions it every time that he has a rally. And that slogan is make make America great again. As we honor our fallen soldiers who gave their lives for our liberties and freedoms. Let us remember that as Christian soldiers... In the Lord's army, we're fighting for even a greater liberty and a greater freedom. The Bible says there are those, this is found in 2 Peter, says there are those that come and they promise you freedom. But they themselves are the servants of bondage. For whom a man is overcome, the same he is brought into bondage to. And then he goes on to use two illustrations. One is of a a dog returning and eating its vomit and a pig that is washed to its wallowing in the mire. 
Why do dogs do that? Because that's what dogs do. Why do pigs do that? Because that's what a pig does. I want you to understand something. Until you know the Lord and have received him as your personal savior, you may listen to what the world says is liberty, but the greatest liberty will come when you accept Christ and you experience that liberty from sin and the condemnation and guilt of that sin and receive that promise of eternal life in heaven. That's the greatest freedom. That's the greatest liberty someone could ever have. And that is what we contend for. And listen, that's what we as Christians take We just don't appreciate. We take it for granted. Just like we take the liberties that we enjoy here in this country for granted. We have all, we're all guilty of this. Of taking for granted the freedom that Christ has afforded to us. Jesus said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor and to set, send me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance. We're talking about spiritual deliverance here. To preach deliverance to the captives, the recovering of sight to the blind, and to set at liberty them that are bruised. What's that bruising? He's talking about people being beat up by sin. Look at all the addictions that we have here today in our, in our... We have a drug culture. They promise you freedom. Smoke this, drink that, swallow this. They promise freedom, but they themselves are the servants of corruption. For whom a man has overcome the same, he is brought into bondage. We have all this addiction going on today, and we have no idea how to deal with it. We have addiction not only to alcohol and to drugs, but to pornography and immorality. And you, you can go right down the line. America today lives in the chains of sinful bondage, and only the soldiers of Jesus Christ know how a person can be set free from that. We have got to get engaged. Jesus said if people only knew the truth. The truth would make them free. Jesus said, if the Son shall make you what? Free. He shall be free indeed. I'll tell you, our, our people have freedom to live in this great land of ours, but they're not free. Paul said this, and that because of false brethren, these aren't true, these are those spiritual creeps that creep in unawares, who came in privately to spy out your liberty. Someone sees you enjoying your liberty in Christ 
What are they going to do? They're going to try to, these false brethren, they're going to try to take away from you that liberty that the Lord has given to you. Which we have in Jesus Christ. And then he, goes, then he says this, that they might bring us into bondage. Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty wherewith Christ has made us free. And be not entangled again in the yoke of bondage. Listen, don't listen to the world. Don't listen to them. You have freedom in Christ. You have freedom over sin and the consequences of sin and the condemnation of sin. We are free. Don't listen to the world. They'll bring you into bondage. For brethren, ye have been called unto liberty. Only use not liberty as an occasion to the flesh. But by love serve one another. We are... You know, it just breaks my heart to see someone. I was talking with someone yesterday who just recently gotten saved, and this is what they said to me. They said, I cannot believe how God has changed my life. Amen. My heart breaks when Just before it was said, as a dog returns his vomit, a pig to the wall in the mire. And Peter said that the Lord has set us free from all of that. And then he says this, why would you go back into it? I'm going to be honest with you, I don't understand all these years of pastoring and working with people and discipling people. I, I just cannot understand why they would go back into the bondage of this world. Being made free from sin, we have become the servants of righteousness. For when ye were the servants of sin, ye were freed from righteousness. But now being made free from sin and become the servants of God, ye have your fruit unto holiness and the end everlasting life. James said, But whosoever looketh into the perfect law of liberty... You know, there's a lot of people, they, they don't understand, this is a liberating book. This is the law of liberty. Thy liberty in law. You want to you wanna be free, you get into this book, you study this book, you live by this book, and I'll tell you what, you'll enjoy your freedom in Christ. You reject it, you'll be brought into bondage. But whoso looketh into the perfect law of liberty and continueth therein, he be not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this man shall be blessed in his deeds. You know what? I want to be blessed. Do you want to be blessed? Then get into this book, live by this book, enjoy the liberties and the freedoms that this book affords to you, and then tell other people about it. Do your best to see them liberated as well. Spiritual restoration. It needs to take place in some of our lives. It definitely needs to take place in our country. How does it happen? Turn to Revelation chapter 2 with me. Here we find the church at Ephesus. Revelation chapter 2. Just want to pull out verse 5 because of the time constraints we have this morning. 
You're there? Give me an amen. amen. What's the first word? Remember. What? Remember. Remember. Hmm. May we never forget. Remember, therefore, from whence thou art fallen. You get tripped up spiritually. You backslide. Remember, therefore, from whence thou art fallen, and what's the next word? Repent. We have remember. We have repent. And do the first works. After you have repented, go back and do those things that you once used to do when you were in love with Jesus. Like being faithful to church. Sharing your faith with others. Reading your Bible. Having prayer time. Do the first works or else I will come quickly and will remove thy candlestick, your light, out of his place, except thou repent. Some things that I see here that are needed if spiritual restoration is going to take place. And some of you, listen, some of you right now, you know as well as I do, I know you, I know what's going on. I have these little birdies that fly around that inform me what you're doing. You need to be restored. And here's the thing I want to tell you this morning. You are not part of the solution. You are part of the problem. Wouldn't it be great if Every member of Fellowship Baptist Church was part of the solution. And seeing our nation reformed instead of part of the problem. We need to remember from whence we are fallen. What tripped you up? What got you headed in that wrong direction? We need to then repent. We need to turn around. We need to stop it. Then we need to return. And do the first works and then restoration will take place. Remember, repent, return and be restored. Now I don't know about you, but I believe that we are truly living in the last days. The men had security training here yesterday. And uh, I made a statement to them. I said, it's, just, it's, just, it's still hard for me to believe that we have to have armed guards in our church that we have to have a security team and security cameras, that we have to lock the church doors now when service begins. That'll teach some of you to come on time. <laughs> and I just said to our men, I said, you know what? This, this just causes us to realize that we're in the last days. These things have been prophesied that they're going to happen. There are many of you that were here when we went through our whole series of prophecy on Wednesday night. And during that series, if some of you can remember, I went through the scriptures. I got scripture for every one of these. I went through the scriptures and pulled out what God says are the signs of the last times. Not that we are to be out there looking for a sign, but I listed them. Now I'm going to go through those this morning. And I want you to really stop and think, are we in the last days? 
Number one, sin and lawlessness will increase. The true church will become lukewarm. There will be a great falling away from the fundamental truths of Scripture. The church will become contemporary and full of compromise and worldliness. There will be a rise of false religion and false religious leaders. There will be a push for a one-world ecumenical church. The true followers of Jesus will be mocked, hated, and persecuted. There'll be an increase of war and terrorism. There'll be an increase in in diseases, natural disasters, famine, pestilence, and earthquakes. There'll be the breakup of the traditional family. Domestic violence will be rampant. There'll be an increase of immorality and the acceptance of sodomy as it was in the days of Noah and in the days of Lot. Men will live for the fulfillment of the desires of their flesh, eating and drinking. There will be big government, governmental control over almost every aspect of life, moving towards a one-world government and a one-world dictator. Heard anything about socialism lately? 43% of Americans now want socialism. The breakdown of moral values, the rise of the occult, scoffers saying, where is the promise of his coming? The marking of people in order to prevent fraud, theft, protection of borders, control of terrorism. People will not be able to buy or sell without that mark eventually. A cashless society. How many of you now carry very little cash with you? Can I see your hand? I very seldom will have over $20 in my wallet and it'll stay there for weeks. But then it says this. And the gospel will be preached in all the world. Today, the gospel, because of technology, the gospel is being preached in all the world. We sit here at Fellowship Baptist Church in Clark Lake with Pastor White preaching a message that right now is being broadcast throughout the entire world. No matter where you are, you could tune in today. Now, as I read through the signs of the second coming of our Lord and Savior, what do you think? Do you think it's close? How many would say, preacher, I think it's pretty close? So likewise, when you see these things come to pass, know that the kingdom of God is nigh at hand. So likewise, ye, when ye see these things, know that it is near even at the door. Not forsaking the assembling of yourselves together as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another and so much the more as you see the day approaching. And when these things begin to come to pass, then look up and lift up your head. 
for your redemption draweth nigh. As we approach the end of this age, I think we need to get as active as we possibly can in fighting for our Lord and Savior. We have very little time left to engage in this battle. I think that one of the clearest indications that we are to the close, closing in on the end of this age is the departure that we're seeing from the faith resulting in the loss of moral values. Now, the Spirit speaketh expressly, very clearly, that in the latter times some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. Sound like today? Let no man deceive you by any means, for that day, the day of Christ, shall not come except there come a falling away first. We are experiencing that great falling away within the church of Jesus Christ. Soldiers going AWOL. Soldiers giving up. Soldiers laying their armor down. Very few engaged anymore in the spiritual battle that the Lord has called us to. Because we have laid it down and we've walked away from the battle, America now has a broken moral compass. I've told you this before, and I know the Bible tells us not to fear. I understand that. But just being a grandpa and having all my grandkids around me right now Shelly and I were in the house the other day and I told her, I said, look out there in the yard. She looked out in the yard and we had grandkids running everywhere. They were on the jungle gym. They were in the pontoon boat where they shouldn't have been. (laughs) They were jumping up and down on the trampoline. And my wife looked at me and she said, we are so blessed. I want to tell you something. I fear for my grandchildren. I pray that Jesus comes soon. I can't even imagine the world that my children are going to have to raise their children in in the years to come. Just 10 years ago, it wasn't this way. 10 years. The Bible says there is going to come a time when men call evil good and good evil. Guess what? You know what? Because we, because we speak out against the perversion of homosexuality, they have turned that around. Now we are the immoral ones. We are the haters. Isn't it amazing? We are standing for righteousness. We are standing for the word of God. And now we are the ones that are immoral. And those who engage in this immoral activity, they're not. Yesterday we, in our training, 
I was asked to open to Romans chapter 1 and start reading and preaching on Romans chapter 1. And then Larry stood up and he started shouting me down as I was preaching. These are the kind of things that you can expect are going to happen in this church in the future. Are you listening to me, church? Larry started yelling at me as being a hater. Hate speech. So what are we going to do? You know what we're going to do? We're going to fight a good fight of faith. We're going to continue to stand. And having done all to stand, we're going to stand steadfast. And there's some things that we may have to do in the future as maybe we are targeted for standing to the truth of this book right here. As someone stands up and tries to shout down the preacher and then someone over here stands up and starts to shout down the preacher, you know what we're going to do? We're going to get a list up here at the piano and we're going to sing. And then we're going to call the police and we're going to have them escorted out of our fellowship and then I'll get back to preaching. (laughs) But we're not going to quit. This is the verse that we've chosen as our life's verse for our church. And they that shall be of these shall build the old waste places. A lot of places have fallen waste. We need to build them back up again. Thou shalt raise up the foundation of many generations. All you young families here, raise them up. Raise your children up to love the Lord and to serve Him with all their heart, even though it is a very wicked and adulterous generation. And thou shalt be called the repair of the breach, the restore of the paths to dwell in. Well, we got our work cut out for us, don't we? But it is the power of the gospel of the Lord Jesus to change lives. If you're here today and you've never accepted Christ as your Lord and Savior, can I encourage you to enlist in His army? I encourage you to trust him and to invite him into your heart and for all you in this fellowship right now that are doing your best to serve the Lord thank you for your service the Lord needs you as he's never needed you before but there's some of you here today on this memorial weekend when we memorialize and we're so grateful for those who have given their lives there's some of you right now you're not engaged at all You are not a part of the solution. You are part of the problem. Remember from whence thou art fallen. Repent. Return and do the first works. And restoration will follow. If I had time this morning, and I don't, I'm on about 
halfway through the message. I was going to talk about Jeremiah. When you read the book of Jeremiah, I kid you not, it is like you are reading about America. I challenge you to get into the book of Jeremiah and may God raise up some more Jeremiah's in these last days that will do a, big, a good fight for the Lord Jesus. Let's have every head bowed and every close. You have been listening to the Fellowship Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. We hope this message was a blessing and encouragement to you. If you would like more messages, visit our website at fbcclarklake.org where all of our messages can be downloaded for free. Also, you can subscribe to the Fellowship Baptist Church Sermon Podcast on iTunes, Google Play, or SoundCloud. All of our messages are available for free. If you want to keep up to date on what's going on at Fellowship, follow us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram where you can see what's happening at Fellowship Baptist Church. If you'd like to visit us, Fellowship Baptist Church is located at 3200 Reed Road, Clark Lake, Michigan. Thank you so much for listening, and we hope to see you back here again next time.